You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. We have a lot to do. Now, I've told you this in the past, and I stand by it, and I'm always honest with you. I hate February. I hate it. I, I don't, there's, there's very little about February that I enjoy, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't like the sports in February as much. I'm not an Olympics guy. I don't like the weather. I, I, it, it's the, it signifies the end of football. There is very little about February that I like. And this weekend, and I don't know if you feel the same way, this weekend for me, this weekend for me is very sad. It really is. It's very sad because this is the first. I don't know that there are people that, that you know, those annoying people back in, in early September, even August, if you consider preseason, to give you the, this is the first, the, the last weekend of football that we, you know, we won't have football all the way till February. Well, here's that stupid weekend now. We made it all the way through, and now we're at that weekend that you dreaded back in August. Ugh. No football. So what the hell are we going to do this weekend? I don't know. I don't know. And now, baseball. I'm supposed to be thinking about pitchers and catchers. There's going to be the second wave of free agency. No baseball. None. But, on a positive note, sounds like the meetings will start in earnest on Monday. It's almost, first of all, it's almost transparent and embarrassing, isn't it? We're not going to meet. We're going to wait to the last minute. Nothing's going to happen. You know what? The, you know what baseball and the players are like. It's like a a child who doesn't want to do homework, and they get the assignment on February first. That's due February tenth, and on the third, nothing. The fifth, nothing. The seventh, nothing. The eighth, they start thinking. The ninth, oh my God, it's due tomorrow. The night of the ninth. Oh, now I'm not going to be able to get any sleep, and I'm going to have to go all night to get this assignment done. That's baseball. And I realize how much I miss baseball. And I'll tell you how I realized how much I miss baseball and how upset I am at this is going on because I've gotten myself into this mindset of it's fine. I'm, I'm mentally prepared that we're not going to have baseball for a little while, may miss some regular season. I'll be angry. You'll hear me. I can't even say that word, but mowing the whole way through because it's just ridiculous that we're sitting here in year year two of a pandemic. We're almost two full years, almost two full years. You know, people are out of work. People can't leave their houses. People have been sick and, and that baseball can't figure out a way to get this done. But I'll tell you yesterday how I realized how much I miss baseball is that my son, who is a very good baseball player, trains and goes to baseball training all the time and has a, a hitting, I guess for lack of a better term, lesson yesterday. And he works with this guy who's just phenomenal. Should I give his name? I'm going to give his name. His name is Matt Perper. And Matt Perper is as good as it gets as far as baseball training is concerned. And Perper is working with Ben, and I'm sitting there, and um, this is, this is they're, they're hitting. This is not a game. This is not even a practice. This is a hitting lesson, okay? And Perper and Ben are, are working together, and there were stance, and I'm just, I'm, I'm transfixed. And I realize why, because I miss baseball. 
because I think we all miss baseball. Baseball is that friend. Baseball is that that person in your life that you take for granted. Football's your love, right? Football's the gorgeous adoration. It's it's the love. You can't live without football. But baseball is yeah. I I like baseball. I like when baseball's around. And then when it's not around, that's that's when you miss baseball. So I'm watching Ben and Purper yesterday, and it's just like, oh, my God, get baseball back. All right, so they'll start meeting on Monday. Apparently, they'll meet every day. Hopefully, this thing gets done. The drop-dead day or date for when it has to get done to be able to start on time apparently is March 1. So that gives you about 10 days, right? They'll meet on Monday, which is the 21st. They'll have the full, so eight days. They have eight days to iron this thing out. Will they get it done? We shall see. But I'll tell you what, if they miss time and extended periods of time, it's going to be very difficult. Here's the thing that's so upsetting to me, firstly. Baseball, and I think we would all agree with this, and and I'm not going to say fledgling because it's a dumb word to use. Baseball is, I think it's fair to say, losing popularity, right? Can we agree with that? It's still popular, but... Football is one. I think basketball is two. And now baseball is a clear three. So it's not like people are knocking down the door to have it. And now to not have it and to get that bad press that they will and to have people sitting there going like, I can't, you know, I can't even figure out a way to make ends meet. And these guys are not going to play. And the players will get the blame. And the bulk of the blame probably should go to the owners. But you know what the truth is? Nobody cares. No, nobody's going to feel bad for, well, this guy only makes $600,000 a year and he wants seven fifty, and they want to raise the league minimum. Or this guy, you know, if they miss 10 games, misses out on $1.7 million. Or this owner doesn't wind up with $1.2 billion, trillion, zillion. I mean, nobody cares. Nobody cares. So hopefully they get it done and hopefully we get baseball. And there you have it. 1-800-919-3776. And another reason that I'm so desperate for baseball, desperate, is because I need something else to talk about rather than these stupid Knicks. I mean, these stupid, repulsive Knicks. And that's what they are. And, And you know what makes it worse, 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 or worse? What makes it worse is that I believed, is that there was hope is that I bought in. You know, for, I mean, almost 20 years, we looked at the Knicks uh, as, well, they're a joke, right? They're an absolute joke. And then last season, in a weird year, with, for the most part, no fans, and a shortened season, the Knicks were not a joke. And it took you and me and most of us a long time to finally to finally turn things around. And they did. And you bought in. And you believed. And you thought, you know what? Okay. Leon Rose, Worldwide West, Tom Thibodeau, Julius Randle, it's all happening. And they won, what, 48 games? And they made it to the postseason. And it was so exciting. And even though they lost, now they bring in Fournier, who I didn't love, but okay, he's a shooter. He's a better scorer. Now they bring in Kemba Walker. Maybe there's some kind of resurrection. 
They keep Nerlens Noel. It, it's another year of R.J. Barrett. It's the same team. It's Julius Randle, who you've fallen in love with, and they are going to be better. They gave you hope. See, when the Knicks stunk year after year after year after year, you were dead. You were dead inside. And your thought was, they're going nowhere. I'm used to it. I have no expectations. Fine. Fine. But last year, they gave you hope. And they gave you reason to believe. And this year, you believed. And they made their changes. And they were 5-1. and one, And you were all in. And you know what the truth is? It's the same old Knicks. They stink. And I will go this far. They are almost back to square one. We are almost back to exactly where this whole repulsive thing started. Because, if I mean, look me in the eye and tell me, what do the Knicks have right now that you say, all right, that's a building block. That's that Memphis has this. We have this, right? Sacramento has this. We have this. Indiana has this. We have this. What is it that you look at the Knicks and say to yourself, I like this. R.J. Barrett, fine. Fine. I don't think he's great. I don't think he'll ever be great. He's a good player. He's a hardworking player, and having him on your team is a positive. Keep going. Keep going. What else? Give me another. Give me another. What else, what else is there about this Knicks team that you look at right now and think to yourself, all right, we got this. Evan Fournier? No. Nerlens Noel? No. Mitchell Robinson? All right, when he's healthy, he's fine. But you're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop every single game he's out there. Julius Randle? No, not anymore. He's gone from toast to the town to can't get him out of the town quickly enough. We're back to square one. That's where we are. And I don't know if you want to blame Thibodeau. You want to blame Leon Rose. You want to blame Worldwide West. But you can see the cracks here already with the report from Ian Begley. Because Worldwide West is, I mean, he's in CYA mode already. You can see it. Well, there's a rift. Well, Thibodeau's not doing what we're asking him to do. Well, maybe he's coaching these guys too hard. So already we are here. And you know what makes it worst of all? Is that I bought in. Is that I believed. And it's not easy. Like, for me to, to fall in love at this point, to, to, you know, believe in one of my teams is difficult. I watch the Giants now. Like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm, not, I'm not sleepless after the Giants lose another game. I'm not, I'm not you know, screaming and yelling when the Giants are running a quarterback plunge on second and nine. No, that's what I expect. They're, they're losers right now. The Knicks were losers forever. And I understood it, and I accepted it, and it didn't get me crazy. But once you have hope and you buy in, and then that's ripped away, and you realize that you're not far off from where you were five years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago with nothing, I mean, you tell me right now. You love Leon Rose? You love World Wide West? What do you have? What do we have? Very little. And that's why it's so distressing. 
they have 20-point leads. I mean, how many times are you going to have a 20-point lead and, and vomit it away? That loss to the Nets the other night was one of the worst losses I've ever seen in my life. You let a team, which is laughable talent-wise, laughable by 28 points. You led that same team by 18 in the fourth quarter at home. And you lost that game? That was nothing short of repulsive. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. You know this is the time. Now, I worry that we're giving you a swelled head, that you think maybe you're better than, in fact, you are. But I, I do care for you, and I would like to bring you on and say good morning. Although I did get a lot of pushback from people at the station and and listeners saying you tried to dominate the show last week, and that, of course, is one Ty D. Butler. Good morning. So it's almost like you invite someone to your house, and as they're walking in, you punch them in the face, and you kick them in the stomach, and then no. you say, oh, how, hi, how are you? No. You know what it was like? Uh, it was like I said, do me a favor, take your shoes off before you come in the house. No, that's, not, that's not what happened. But good morning, punching. David. Good it, morning. It's always you know a joy to spend Saturday morning with you. Um, not the best of circumstances. I actually was at both the uh, Nick debacles this past week, the Josh Giddy special on Monday night, Oklahoma City. And then Wednesday night, you know what they say about Cam Thomas. You, no. you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. I mean, what a fourth quarter that was. Clearly, he's on his way to a Hall of Fame career. It's pathetic. It really, I mean, it really is when you think about it. It's, I mean, it's I mean, crazy. You, you lost at home to OKC when you had the lead. Then you ga- I mean, gagged against Brooklyn when you had a huge lead. 28 it's, points? It's, it's pathetic. <laughs> they were up 28 points. And you know what's so – it's actually funny about this next season because you think about it. Like, who would have thought we would be here when just 10 months – 10 months ago – I was at Game 2 against the Hawks, and there were people literally partying in the streets on 33rd and 7th, celebrating that, that one win against Atlanta. And now we are here where it's like every time they play, it's like it can't get worse than the previous night, and then it just gets worse. Well, they, they have gone, and this is really not easy to do, from I'm, I have nothing for them to, oh, I'm intrigued, to, oh, my God, to I actually believe, to... They're really good to, uh-oh, to, oh, it's bad, to, I'm right back where I started. I, I've gone full circle <laughs> in a year with this organization. <laughs> and then, so I mentioned the Hawks game. Remember, this season started, you know, all the expectations. It's not like they, they were came five out. were 5-1. and one. It's not like they came out the gate and they were 0-9. Oh they were 5-1. and one. And it's like, well— this clearly, they're going to position themselves to to be able to win a first round playoff series, and now you're twelfth. You might not even make the playing game. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Might not even make the playing game. There is no way they're making the playing game. And why ha- would you even say might not? And might it- not leaves hope out there on the table. They're not making the play-in. And if, and if that is the opinion you have, then what an epic failure this has been for the New York Knicks organization. It is an epic failure, but when you look at this team, was last year just this wild outlier of everything falling into place? Maybe. Or was last year they're pretty decent, and now this year they failed on capitalizing on what they were? See, I almost feel like we were totally fooled, and they were never good. They just had this magical season last year. I don't know, because 
if you think about everything that went well last year, you got Julius Randle finishes eighth in the MVP. You've got Tom Thibodeau wins Coach of the Year. You see some promise out of R.J. Barrett. Emmanuel quickly plays well. Mitchell Robinson when he was healthy. So, yeah, you had a lot of things go right for you, and maybe not having a home crowd uh, played into your advantage. But to be this, to be at the All-Star break and you're nine games under 500 and a conference that, yeah, has improved, but, I mean, we're not talking about world beaters. Like, all the, the Heat, the Bulls, the Sixers, the Nets, like, box, all these teams have had injuries. Yeah, and but those, those teams are all, I mean, so far ahead of you. They are so— I mean, when, when you—Miami, is it even—I mean, Knicks-Miami, is it even close? No, I get it. I'm not saying that you're on par with them. But, like, these are all teams that have had adversity this season. For you to be this bad, for there to only be three teams in the conference worse than you is, is a disgrace. I don't know what more there is to say. Indiana has punted on the season. It, I mean, it really, literally, they have punted on the season. Detroit is awful. And Orlando, who has 13 wins, has wins against you. Yeah, and Detroit, remember the last time the Knicks played the Pistons, they were down 15 in the that third was, quarter. That was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever and, seen. But it keeps like, happening. It's like, all right, so that was most one of the most embarrassing. And then it happens again, the Blazers game. That was embarrassing. Then why it happens- does it feel like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that all of this happening puts a big smile on your on your stupid little face. No, it doesn't. I think it does. It's actually better for me if the Knicks win. It, it, it brings more intrigue to the station and for us here on Saturday mornings. What I do find comical, though, is when the Knicks and Lakers are playing last or two Saturdays ago, I'm getting text messages from uh, Ray Santiago. Whoa, this team is back because the Knicks went up 21 in that game. Did you Whoa. get? You, you know what? Did you get anything from me? I got nothing from you. Okay, so don't give me this I got from Ray Santiago. Deal with Ray Santiago with Ray Santiago. But even what? Nick fans hitting me on Twitter, DMing me, laughing at me. I'm like, all right, we'll see. And at I, the I end of the game, you, what happened? I, I watched that entire game, and never once was I sitting there thinking to myself, boy, the Knicks, they're clearly going to win this game. They <laughs> led by 20 points, and never once did I think, boy, this this is a, a locked-up, zone-away win. Never once. You know what they say about Malik Monk? It's similar to what they say about Cam Thomas. You can't stop him. You could only hope to continue. It's it's almost like Dave Rothenberg, you know, fresh off of his forty seventh birthday. That's you know coming up in a couple of weeks. No, it's you know what's going up in in, in three weeks from today. It's it's going to be forty eight. No, forty nine. Yeah. Wow. Forty nine. You know you're closer to death than you are birth, right? I do. Yeah, I do. So you can go out there and score. Do you have 40 anything planned, the by the way? If if we just do a generic garden variety show on my 49th birthday when we're together on that Saturday, I'd be tremendously disappointed. That's a lot of pressure to put on me. Well, I'm giving you three weeks' notice. <laughs> you're giving me three. I don't weeks know if you want to get Peyton. I don't. You want to get Eli? I, I don't know if you want to get like you know Buck Showalter, who you're looking to book for that show. But I, I expect a big show that day. Well. Here's my question. Yeah. So my 29th birthday is next Sunday. You have a big uh, special show planned for next Saturday? Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, do I have a special show planned for next Saturday? No, but I'm also not producing your show. Yeah, but you're well, working I'll, with me. I'll, you're I'll my friend. Mention, I'll wish you a happy birthday, but the, you know, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll even book a guest to come on and say hi to you and happy birthday to you. But you have the power to, to work the show and work your magic. And make it a special birthday show. We'll see how next Saturday goes, and then that, years that'll go ago a long I had my Germany. my birthday uh, on a Saturday when I was doing the show, and I don't remember honestly who was producing it. 
but you should have seen the the laundry list of guests that we had to, to wish me a happy birthday. All right, let me hear some of them just so I can get an idea of where we're uh, going. Doc Gooden called. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, not bad. No, um, Carmelo Anthony. No way. Yeah. No. I, I. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was big. Wait. So you have a relationship with Carmelo Anthony? No, but whoever was producing the show, and I can't believe I can't remember who it was. Yeah, that's a bad job by you. I mean, Terrible. they go all out for you for your birthday, and, and you can't even remember who it was. Right. Uh, no, they reached out, and, and they procured these these guests to call and to, to wish me happy birthday. And, and, and Doc even said how much he loves me and wow. a huge fan of the show, and we did a full interview, and it was terrific. So this isn't the type of thing where, like, I can show up on your birthday and get like you know John Winthrop, Ryan Hurley, and no, you know. no. If you're getting like the, like the program director and assistant program director to call up and say how much they appreciate me, no. no as much as I like those guys, that's not going to suffice. No, I'm I'm and I'm giving you three weeks we notice. Get, we get like Jordan Renan to, to come no, on and wish you a happy no, birthday. I no. mean, that's your guy. You get like Jordan, comma Michael, then then we're talking, but not Jordan Renan. No, <laughs> no. Jordan, comma Michael, who you who you didn't love as a, as I didn't a player. love. I, I I hated Michael Jordan. But hated we, we, if we get him on your show, I believe he just celebrated a birthday this week as well. Fifty nine, right? Yeah, big, what, uh, big. But look like 59. that at fifty nine is something, huh? Yeah, I mean, look at you at forty nine. You look fantastic. The gray's coming I know. in. I know I do. Uh, you've cut down on some weight. Can, I, I actually was not pleased with the, with where the weight was, and I'm I'm back at it, and I'm down five pounds already. And I hear yesterday uh, you, you had a segment on the show where where you're like power ranking the most unlikable people at the station. Correct. And you came to my defense. How'd you hear about that? Uh, someone tweeted at me. Like, That's what I do. I'm listening yeah, to the Rick podcast. Said that, Rick said uh, that he finds you to be the most unlikable at the station. And I said, <laughs> Why would he say that? God, he doesn't like you. Why not? Because you've taken shots at him, and and he's very sensitive, and now he's responded in 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 his due time, and and now you're working my show next week for RJ, who somehow's taking a vacation uh, in the middle of the book. And, uh, and <laughs> why are you taking shots at RJ? The man works hard. He does very hard. You, typically, people like, two weeks after the Super Bowl take vacation. Typically, people who are not as committed to their jobs two weeks after the Super Bowl take vacation. Oh, stop. And you take vacations all the time. No, in the summer, I take vacations. The man works hard. I don't, I don't like you taking shots That's at fine. RJ. That's He's fine. a big all, fan all of the I'm show. Saying is I'm going to get him to call in for, for, your, for your birthday. Would that suffice? No. From vacation. vacation. No, he'll be back by then. He's not going on a three-week vacation. My, my point is this. All right? You and Rick obviously have a history. There's no love lost at all, and you will be working on my show starting Monday morning. At 5 o'clock. And that should be fun. Let the fireworks commence. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Are you done or anything else you need to add here? <laughs> I don't know. There are people, I guess, in your inner circle who feel like I'm, I'm talking too much, so let me uh, turn my microphone off. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. So, I mean, we are 37 minutes into the show, Ty, and you have stood in my way of getting to any calls. Well, listen, we, we have a good time. This is like the first time we speak, you know, all week, like we were hearing each other's voices. So it's a lot to say. It's like, you know. It's like a feeling out process, yeah. like the first round of a boxing match. <laughs> it's not a boxing match. No. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. Like like a like a tag team wrestling match. Yeah. and like then You the, and I are, are on the same team. And, and, and you know, it's also a, a product of how, how beautiful your open is because it gets me all excited. I've got so many takes I got to get off. You love the open. The open is uh, every week I look forward to it. 
Nice. I'll take that. All right, we, but we have a bank full of callers. A lot of Nick fans. I could run through everyone's name, but I won't do that. You could but tease them for the next segment. I, I could. You know, there's nothing better in all of radio than hearing, like, Robert in the Bronx is just waiting on line two, and we'll get to him when we return. Well, Jake, who's not here today, is listening to the show, and he just texted me. He says, I can't wait to hear Dave tease the callers because that's what's going to captivate me, not the content, the callers who are, are on hold that I want to hear. So I'm looking forward to it. You've, you've heard that from hosts, though, right, in the past? Uh, it's been a while, maybe. I, I love that. That is one of my favorite things. <laughs> Could you imagine being in the car and be like, you know, do I get out or do I not? It's like, well, JC in Jersey's on the line. We'll get to him when we return. It's like, no, all right, I'll wait. Got to hear from Colin. Okay. Got to hear from Colin in the Bronx. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> I won't get out of my car until I hear from Chan and Ramsey because he's going to have a point. But we do have a lot of calls. <laughs> that 15-second take, oh, got to hear it. Got to hear it. Uh, all right. Can we get to some of the calls or you, we want to babble on here? Let's do it. All right. Fred in Fresh Meadows. Fred, good morning. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Dave, uh, thanks for giving me the honor of leaving off. Uh, you are you are the Ricky off. Henderson of Saturday mornings here, Fred. <laughs> well, you know, as you may remember, I'm a Knicks fan going back six decades, and I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen anything like what's happening this year. Um, I mean, 40 years ago in Red Holtzman's last year, yeah, the Knicks bottomed out after having that 50-win season. Um, and, 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 you know, that was the team with like Michael Ray Richardson and Sly Williams and Bill Cartwright. And, um, and, you know, so it's a lot of the same guys. And, but, but here, there just seemed so much promise last year. And, um, I just am totally mystified because I still believe, I still firmly believe in the potential and talent of the young players. And I, so I still think there's promise for the future, but I just can't believe it hasn't come together better. Than, All right, than Fred, let, let me ask you so this. Far. And I agree with you. And the thing that, that makes this so awful is that they gave you hope and now it's ripped away. But let me ask you this. You say you look at this team and you see the young players and you still have, have faith and belief and excitement in them. Who? who? Who exactly do you look at? Quentin Grimes? Okay, I'll give you that one even as well. But who are all these guys yeah. that you look at and you're excited by? Well, I, I think, and I think, First of all, this is really the key to the future. I, I see the continued development of RJ, and um, I, you know, I think he can help the team get to the promised land at, at some point. I'm not when here to tell you he's going to be the number land, one option. When you say the promised land, you look at RJ Barrett and say to yourself, "This is going to be a star player in this league." I absolutely think that he can be and uh, will be in the All-Star game at some point. I'm not here to tell you he's going to be a perennial All-Star, but I absolutely believe he will. Okay, but, but again, when you look at stars in this league, and now you look at R.J. Barrett and you say, I believe the upside of him is he can be at, at not, not continuously, but at some point an All-Star. That cannot be the best player on your team if you, as you said, Fred, want to get to the promised land. Oh, yeah, of course, they're going to have to ultimately bring, you know, get in free agents, uh, uh, at least, you know, one, if not two, uh, who, who will get them to that, to that ultimate point. But I'm talking about players who can put you into position where they're star players who are, you know, superstars who want to come here. And so, yes, I think they absolutely should look to sign uh, Mitch this summer, notwithstanding the injury woes he's had. You have to. Because, well, I mean, otherwise you lose him for nothing, Fred. Right. So they have to go there. And I really think he's also an important piece of the puzzle. I think, yes, I think Quentin Grimes has tremendous upside. Um, and, you know, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. I, what I really would like to see 
you know, and I don't care about the playing. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. It's highly, highly unlikely they're getting there anyway. I really would like to see more of what Deuce McBride has to offer because the one game where he had the extended minutes of point guard against Houston, he did a really good job. And and I guess I'm mystified by – that's something that mystifies me more than anything. Why hasn't he been given more of a chance, especially – well, we know he's a tenacious defender. Well, I think you so, know why, Fred. You know, he... and, th- and thanks for the call. And you, always, you always bring it. And good job here on a Saturday morning. Why? The, the head coach has his guys and plays the guys he's comfortable with. And, and Deuce McBride is not, at this moment, one of those guys. But again, I, I look, do I think that the, these pieces could, when added to, could lead the Knicks back to the postseason? Sure. I do. Do I look at, do, and maybe I'm wrong, at, at, McBride, at Grimes, at R.J. Barrett, at Mitchell Robinson, and say to myself, these are key pieces to an elite team? No. No. I don't. I mean, these, these, I mean, R.J. Barrett, and I like R.J. Barrett, and I think he's likable, like just off the court, his personality, his persona, he's likable. But where, where am I going with R.J. R.J. Barrett? From what I've seen, it, on a on a good good team, is probably maybe your second, probably your third best player. I need to get the star, and I don't know how you get the star. I don't. The life of me, I can't wrap my arms around it. How do you get that guy, JC in Jersey? Good morning, JC. You're on ninety eight seven ESPN. Good morning. You are my hero, uh, and I've been working in a co- uh, big company for more than 20 years. Don't, f- don't feel bad when they call your company. Uh, Wait, J- now, JC, let me see if I have this correctly, because I-, I didn't hear you wonderfully there. <laughs> say, say it again. Just give it. repeat that to time. Make sure you roll on this. JC, what did you say exactly? I've been working in a big company for more than 20 years. When someone's called your company, don't feel bad. It's a good thing. And, and and did I hear you correctly that said you said I'm your hero? Is that right? Yes, sir. Tell me what more. Why? Why do you look at me as a heroic figure, JC? Because you keep it the balancing every day in my life when I work every day. So you 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 keep it the composure on the show. You you always be in the high and the low, but it's always you. Don't let nobody change you. Oh, JC, you are one of the greats. What what can I help you with today, JC? What's on your mind? <laughs> All right, uh, like I say, uh, I'm I'm working the side where I have to look for positive and not the negative. Uh, I love the Knicks for moving forward. Realistic, I, I have to believe history. So we definitely we're going to be in the looking for top ten players in the next ten years. Hopefully, the Knicks administration they can see. All those teams and see they can hide in people. They know how how to good players moving forward. Right now, it's not that much we can see it because right now we're frustrated. We can see any team moving forward, but hopefully they can find people. They have a good history to find good players. Those players that nobody see it, they show surprise. If you look the records now to five years before, you can see players that nobody expected. Uh, JC, listen, I I hope you're right desperately. And thanks for the call and thanks for the kind words. I I hope you're right. I just, uh, uh, when? When do I get a star? When was the last time I had a star? 
You want to say Carmelo Anthony was a star? Fine. You traded your whole team for him. Amari Stoudemire for, for 10 minutes was a star? Fine. Until he wasn't. Patrick Ewing? I mean, when was the last time I had a star? Was Allen Houston a star? Was Latrell Sprewell a star? I, I mean, a, Mello, I, I, Mello. I, need, I need a star player. It was definitely Carmelo. 54 win season. Yeah. He finished third in the MVP. I agree. Body kind of broke down after that. And he was but, how, but how long was he a star for? Yeah, but part of that was the organization betrayed him. And, and I get that you had to give up a lot to get him, but you never. I you just hop in here, huh? You never you, surrounded you, him with the pieces. So comfortable. Just hop yourself <laughs> right in here. Oh, man. I mean, really? At what, at what point, like, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I should, I should check behind me when I walk the streets, right? <laughs> someone's going to run up on you. So, someone's going to come up and, like, stick a, a, a knife in my back. <laughs> that's oh, a, and I know it'll be from you. That's a wide back of yours, so a lot of uh, aiming potential there. See, you see what you do? You're, you're evil. Did you see the story uh, uh, in the New York Post that um, DeMar DeRozan actually wanted to come here? Yep. DeMar sure DeRozan, did. who's uh, hanging out in Cleveland this weekend because he's been one of the uh, best players in the league, so he's an all-star. And uh, the report says that had the Knicks matched Chicago's offer, he would be here in New York. Yeah, but instead we have Fournier Kimba and Walker. Noel <laughs> and Kemba Walker. Because DeRozan and, and Julius Randle, not an ideal fit, but certainly a, a duo you can work with. Uh, Could you imagine if you Conference. had Halliburton, Randle, DeRozan, and Barrett? That's not bad. That's a, that's a legitimate. And Mitchell Robinson? That's not bad. And Grimes? Got some shooting issues in the three-point shooting lead, but that's not bad. Not but a bad you're a start. playoff team. Yeah, of course. And, and and people are excited by that. We're, we're not having the same conversation right now if you'd done that. But no, World Wide West knows better. Leon Rose knows better. And they'll hide in their bunker and won't even address the media. Won't say a word to anybody about what's happened this year. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I'm excited about the amount of pressure you're going to put on uh, Mr. Will here. I think Will's going to be great. He's going to be great, but the moment something goes awry, you're just going to look to destroy him. And it's going to fracture the relationship because he comes in saying you're his favorite host. And I don't then, think it'll fracture. And I, I think it will. I think I, he might have to get constructive criticism. Yeah, but the way you deliver it sometimes can be I, a bit I've mean. I've already given him constructive criticism. I thought it was very nice the way yeah, I delivered it. Yeah, but you it. can be mean. And so, I, I know you like to do this whole shtick where it's like, oh, people don't really like to— I, I think of the of the duo, you're you're more of the mean one. No, no, no. In I, fact, I, I got I got a text from a love very important person up in Bristol. Yeah, saying I thought this guy. I won't say who that say is. Say the guy. Why, no. why don't you just say he it? Said I thought this guy that I work with was annoying, but my God, Ty surpasses even him. But it's so funny how just a segment ago. Dave was pounding his chest. I love honesty. I'm an honest guy. Just yeah. read the text. Say the well, name. I just read you the text, but yeah, but, but I but I can't I can't reveal a source if this person wouldn't want it to be read source. on air. It's not the right thing to do. Listen, say the name of the person that you, no. that was involved in the text message. I no, thought Ty. I thought this person was annoying, but Ty has surpassed him. Who no, did I surpass? I'm not going to do that. That's not my honesty to give. That's another person's honesty. I'll let them do that. Well, if I don't they need... want to tell you that they don't like you or they think you're more annoying than X, they can do that. Well, I, I'm glad we have people in Bristol listening to the show. We need people in L.A., like particularly people who People are always listening. And, uh, people love this show. I, I hope General Hospital fans love this show. I was, I, I, my goal, Dave, I don't know if I mentioned to you this before. My goal— Where are we going? I want to get on where, General where Hospital. Where are we going here? I, what, is your, what is your ultimate goal? I want to get on General Hospital. 
Why? Why are you laughing at me? Why would you get on General Hospital? Because it's it's my all time favorite show. It's a show that I've consumed for the past two decades. Well, you're not an actor. Yeah, but we've had active guys who were not actors get on the show. And who knows that later in life, like what can unfold in your career, you can what, stumble what upon. What role would things. you like to play? I like an Sonny... angry orderly. <laughs> no, no, no. I would like to play one of uh, Sonny Corinthos' uh, henchmen. Sonny... A, f- a, f- a furious anesthesiologist. <laughs> no. No? Sonny's a mobster. I want to be like one of his, uh, one of his guns. There, like wait, his General hitman. Hospital has a mafia tie? Yes. It's like the show is branded you know, like a uh, soprano. Like it's daytime television, so you know you're going to get a lot of you know, love and romance and that kind of thing. But it's branded... Uh, with uh, Sonny Corinthos being like the the head of the mob, and he's running his organization. See, I think he'd be in, better in, in the, like 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 a candy striper kind. No, I want to yeah. be a hitman. You're not a hitman. You're too you're too clean cut and nice to be a hitman. But you say I'm mean. I can be mean. Got another tell you. This is nasty. Oh no, another text. I, I, I can't listen to Ty at all. <laughs> oh wow. I said, ha, I said ha ha ha. Response: I hate him. For someone who works in Bristol. No, no. This is someone like a friend in my, in my life. Someone in your life. My life yeah. That's not nice. You should defend me. If you were really my friend, you would defend me. Well, I can't. That's their opinion. How I can't change their you opinion. Say, I don't appreciate you sending mean texts about someone who I care for. If well, so, I, I could do that, if, but I can't sway if, their opinion. Now, if someone in my family texted me something very nasty about you, I wouldn't appreciate that. Well, I don't appreciate this text either, but I can't just, just sweepingly change their opinion. That's their opinion. I was actually with someone the other day who you know didn't know I worked here. And then once he finds, he's like, "How's Dave?" Because I'm like, "Dave is great." He's like, "Oh man, I love Dave. Love listening to him on the radio." He's like, "But is he actually a nice guy?" I said, "Yeah, man, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet." I am a nice guy. So if you're a nice guy, then send the text, defend me. Okay, I'll defend you all the way. Uh, let's go one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Robert in the Bronx has been on hold for a very long time. I give you tremendous props for that, Robert. You're next up on ninety eight. First of all, my name is not Robert. It's Marvin. Oh my, you're. M- I mean, hey, Will, hey, hang Will. on a second, Marv. Hang on a second, Marv. Hang on a second, Marv. Bring, bring him down. Bring him down. Marv, hold on a moment. Will. Will, Will, Will. I love you. You just started here. I want this to be as smooth a transition as humanly possible. How you got Robert from Marvin, I question tremendously. I think I'm saying this right, Peter. Stench. Emma Marinek, you're on ESPN New York. How are you, sir? Oh, hey, no, it's uh, Bennett. Robert to Marvin, I don't get. Marv is one of the great callers of the show. I apologize. Let's bring him back. Marv, you know how I feel. I, this is not me. I'm Dave, sorry. Dave, let me tell you something. You're the only guy after that inauspicious start for Will that I would stay on this phone for an hour and a half and not go to the gym. I haven't gone to the gym yet. But I'm going to give you some consolation here. You'll be 49 years old. At 49 years of age, I was in Iraq in a Humvee getting shot at. So, hey, enjoy your birthday, my man. But look, look, I know football's over with the aftermath and the fallout of football. And I know you're a football aficionado, but there's college basketball to think about. And they'll get this baseball thing right because if they don't, it'll be a black eye on baseball for years. And I wish Will the best in his career, but the name is Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> what a call for Marv. Thank you, Marv. You know I love you. I'm sorry that happened. Um, yeah, no football stinks. I love March Madness. I love it. But I'll say this. 
how much college basketball on the station are we going to talk? Right when the brackets come out on, on the Sunday, March 13th, and then the games start that Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday is that full first day all the way through the first weekend. You know, we'll get, get into it. I could do three hours on it. But I don't, I don't think that management nor the callers and listeners would appreciate wall-to-wall college basketball. Cullum in the Bronx. Good morning, Cullum. You're on 98.7. Good morning, Dave. I'm surprised he got Marvin wrong and got my name correct. My name is uh, not you know, easy I, one to I, get right. I, I, here's how I see it, Cullum. This is a bucket list day for Will, okay? He's working with, I think it's fair to say, his idol. He's stepping into ESPN New York, which is a, a, a you know a Hall of Fame kind of locale, and maybe this moment is a little big for him. But let's cut him a little slack, and he got your name right, and we're pleased with that. So go ahead, Colin. All right. So uh, you know, just, I want. I'm not going to blame you, but my uh, had a little bit of an issue with 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 the newborn baby, but. You know, uh, I just colic. got good news today. No, he might have, he might have had jaundice. And uh, his, jaundice his, is uh, nothing. Uh, my, kid, my, my son had jaundice. It's not it, it's nothing. All right, but <laughs> anything that happened, I was going to blame you, Dave. You I understand. It. Listen, I understand the way you treated me and the way you attacked me verbally. Uh, I I wish some kind of a, a non life threatening illness. All right. We're we're all good though. I'm 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 still I'm still your best friend, right? Absolutely, no, and kidding. that'll call him. That'll never change. <laughs> all right. Well, I just want to make a quick point about uh about baseball. I mean, I know Jake uh, Montgomery is a diehard baseball fan, and we're the same age, and he loves baseball to death. But most people in my age group, baseball has fallen off the cliff. Regardless of this lockout, regardless of the crappy, the crappy things that's going on with with cheating and the baseballs being altered constantly, just all the negativity that's going on in baseball in general, baseball has gotten boring and gotten worse and worse. It's and slow. Worse. Call and them, you, you know what it, it is? So bad. My, my kids will sit here and we watch a good amount of baseball, but they'll be on their phones, they'll be on TikTok, they'll be you know texting with friends. And they'll also watch baseball. And you can't deny it. It is a slow game. And not only is it a slow game, but it is never-ending. I mean, you can sit there and watch a baseball game for four hours, and then 14 hours later, the same two teams are back at it again. So it, it it's a lot. It, it really is. Yeah, and, like, I think the worst thing for baseball, honestly, is if they can't get the season started off and they start dwindling with it, and it starts getting bad, and they can't, within the next year or two, make significant changes to the game to speed it up, to make it more light, make it more lively. I really believe it's gonna it's gonna turn into like the fifth, the sixth, the seventh biggest sport in America. You know, NHL is getting back up there. MMA is rising and rising. You know, sports. There's other things out there. Baseball is dying, literally. I, I don't know that I'm there. And uh, thanks for the call, Colum. I don't know that I'm baseball is dying yet, but baseball is clearly number three. And I don't think in the next decade it's going to fall beyond three. But remember, baseball was one for a long time, a long time. And it's no longer that. I mean, it, if I if I offer you football or baseball, you would, at this point you would laugh at me. Because this, 
And I love it, and I love the fact that it's every day for six months, but it's, I mean, it's 162 games. You know, how many games during the regular season would, would someone call you and say, you know what, let's go out and grab a beer, or let's go to a movie, and you say, I, I can't. This game is on. This baseball game is on. Almost none. Football? I call you and said, you want to you come over at 3 o'clock and we'll, we'll play chess? You'd be like, are you out of your mind? It's a football Sunday. There's something unbelievably special about football still. And there's something, I don't know, it, it's, just, it's just a little bland and, and oversaturated maybe with baseball. And I love baseball. And I love the Mets. And I'll, I'll watch probably 150 Mets games live during the course of the year. But it is a lot. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. You can try... Many have tried. Very few have succeeded. Stump Rothenberg, 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Slowman's. Don LaGreca, always listening. Big fan of the show. Listening right now. He said that Niners game actually put him in the hospital. <laughs> in the, yeah. the actual hospital? Yeah, I think he, I think he developed kidney stones uh, after the game. Oh, no. That was a terrible. Uh, oh, that was a bad game. I'm sorry, Don. Yeah. That's the Giants had a comfortable lead, and they completely gagged it away. By the way, Don- and, then, and then the the NFL they made a terrible call. There was a pass interference on a botched field goal, and the NFL didn't call it. The officials didn't call it. But then the Giants got the letter the next day, saying we're we're sorry, we we messed that up. It should have been a pass interference, but it wasn't. Reliving this might be sending Don back to the hospital. By the way, Don's celebrating a birthday tomorrow. Uh yes. How is he gonna How is he gonna be? Uh, I think he's five years older than me. I think 54. Oh, the big 5-4. The big 5-4. Next year, double nickels. Double nickel. For Don. Nice yes. MJ performance next year. All right. Can we play Stump Rothenberg, please? We can. And on the season, you are 62-8. and 62-8? 62-8. Getting a lot of hate mail, though. Who is? Uh, the show is. Uh, someone you can say high-ranking at the station just texted saying I'm, I'm looking forward to uh stump google well let's call him out that's the program director ryan hurley stump googleberg as he said yeah i mean he obviously he has deep-rooted issues and he's <laughs> taking it on me and that's fine <laughs> you know what the segment can go away you want you want to end the segment no people look forward to it all right and that's what i'm trying to do i'm, I'm a man of the people that's and if good. you don't want the segment we won't do the segment i said the same thing to rick I want to do the segment. You went 12-1 right. and one last week, so you can't go any worse than that. I'm not going to be impressed. 62-8? and 62-8. and eight. That's a pretty good start here's, to the season. Here's the goal. Don't get to the double-digit loss mark this week. So, all right, anything you know, with a one next to it you yeah, could accept? I can accept that. All right, let's, uh, let's start. Let's go to, um, let's go to uh, Drew Long Island. Drew, lead us off. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, how you doing? Uh, I am doing great. How are you, Drew? Doing all right. Love the show. First time caller, but I do listen every weekend. I so, appreciate that. Uh, and and if Stump Rothenberg were to go away, would you miss it? Uh, I, I I don't know what I would do Saturday mornings, to be honest. There, see, there you go. 
All right, take that, Ryan Hurley. Continue. So, uh, uh, just uh, full disclosure, I gave a uh, wrong stat before I did. thirty. I said 32 out of 33 for this. It's 29 out of 30, but, you know, I checked myself. So, Dave, it's a tennis question for you. All right. Between the French Open of 2005 and Wimbledon 2012, a run of 30 majors, 29 were won by either Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic. Who won the other ones? Thinking Stan Warinka. What what is the uh, what what is the time frame? Uh, French Open 05, Wimbledon 12. French Open 05, Wimbledon 12. All right, so it could be Marat Safin then. How, how many? How many are you looking for? It's a run of thirty. Only one was won by not the big three. Now, Andy Murray, but he may be outside. Oh, I know who it is, and we and we mentioned him uh, on the show. He he wept this week because it looks like his career is over. Uh, Juan Martin Del Potro. Well done, Dave. Yeah, he won the U.S. Open in 2009, I believe. So that would be 1-0, correct, Ty? That would be 1-0. Okay. The internet speed. We can stop right now. You want to stop right now? <laughs> oh, I'll, re- so I'll read the closing sponsor and that'll be it. So sensitive. Stop being sensitive. Uh, let's go to Luke in Connecticut. Luke, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Top of the morning, Dave. Top of the morning to you, Luke. All right. I ended your streak last week. Let's see if I can uh, keep it up. All right. Super Bowl question. Who has the most sacks for a career in the Super Bowl? And you think Charles Haley. Now, remember, sacks only became a stat in, like, 82. So I'm thinking Charles Haley because he's been to five. It's going to have to be someone that's been to a lot. And Justin Tuck, I think, has four. He had two in each. If you remember, Coney Ealy had three. Panthers, I believe. I, I'm not gonna, you know, what, I'm not gonna waste any time. I'm gonna give you what I believe is the answer, and it, it I think it's right, and it might not be. I'm gonna go Charles Haley. Uh, you got me this week, Dave. Two and zero. You know, my favorite part of that was what? So as I'm screening that call, he he gives me the question. He's already scouting what his follow-up's gonna be for the uh, double stump. And now he's, now he's going to have to wait. And now that's dead. It, it, we're 2-0. Jake, I'm not ready for you yet, but are you going to be playing uh, this week? I will be playing. And that last caller actually has a drop here. He's this guy. Come on. Oh, so you've well, actually you've gotten him before. But, yes, I will be playing later. And you're 62-8. and eight, And this isn't my stump question, but oh. do you know who two of those losses came to this no, year? No, I, I don't. Let, let's go to Walker and Mawa. Walker, you're on stump Rothenberg. Morning, Dave. Two and eight in my career against you, trying to stay above the Mendoza line today. You're not. You're nowhere near the Mendoza line. Two for ten. Yeah, two for ten. We'll see if you can get there. Go ahead. All right. NBA question. Very gettable. NBA history. What player has the most career points without ever winning league MVP? That's a good good question. I nailed this pretty quickly. By the way, did you? I did. 
I was very impressed with myself. Most career points without winning an MVP. All right. Oh, I was going to say Vince Carter. Is there anybody else? Oh, Mello. Vince Carter, Mello. My first two that come to mind. I don't think Dominique Wilkins won an MVP. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Carmelo Anthony. You the man, Dave. Carmelo Anthony. That's three zero. And you got that was easy for you? Yeah, that was pretty simple. It's a good question. It is. I, I got to be honest. The questions today have been pretty good. Uh, you know, you know what I do, man. I listen, and I always give you props for it. I always, always do. do. That's three zero. Cullum in the Bronx. Cullum and I have mended fences. Cullum, you're on Stump Rothenberg. What's going on, Dave? So What's up, Cullum? I want both. I want city and country. What is the oldest currently inhabited city in the world? I can't. I can't. He can you repeat this? I can't really hear him. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? A little bit better. Um, I said, can you name? I want city and country, the oldest inhabited city in the world, still inhabited. I don't think I know the city. I, I would guess it's probably Lebanon. But Is I that your final know. answer? No, clearly not, because that's that's not going to be right. Um, now let me let me let me ask you this: Are we considering like Palestinian territories to be it inhabited real countries or no? No. Okay. I think it's it's got to be in the Middle East, so it's going to be a, a a Syria, an Iran. I'm I'm still going to go. I don't know the city, and I think that becomes much more difficult. I'm going to say Lebanon. Incorrect, David. Damascus in Syria. Yeah, I don't know that that's right. I don't know that that's right. Ty, I'm going to need you to do a little research on that before we officially count that as an X. Will you do that for me? Of course. I would do anything for you, Dave. See, you're, you're a good I guy. Would, All right, well, at the moment, if it meant the Giants winning a title. At the moment, we will put him through to the second round, but I'm not sure that that's accurate. All right. All right. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page. Chris, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave, I just want to say one thing. Anyone that thinks you're Googling is crazy because I was listening. You, you said Del Porto and Stan Warinka. You said Stan Warinka like right away. It would be impossible to remotely Google that. Here, I'm just here's saying. the just, thing. Here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are better than them, Chris. We don't right. need to lower ourselves to, to the Ryan Hurleys okay. of the world. All right. Okay? I'll, so I'll let's, bring let's, it up again. I just felt, let's keep our head yeah. above the fray. Okay. All right. So, Dave. We all know Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls, yes. has seven rings. And we know that Charles Haley has five rings, all right? They're the only two with seven and five. Now, there's a whole slew of uh, players that have four Super Bowl rings, okay? Now, 
there are three of those guys that have four rings that have played on two or more Super Bowls, have won them with two or more teams, I should say. Okay. Two or more teams, four rings. I just There are three defensive players in history that have, like I said, four rings with yep. two or more teams. All right. Give me, uh, can you just give me two of them? You don't have to give me three. I think so. I think, I think Matt Millen is up there. Matt Millen has with three different teams. I think Bill Romanowski is up there. Very good. You got all right. You got. I, two, I think. I think. Uh, I think Ted Hendricks is up there. Uh, you got them all. You got yeah. all three. And there you go. That's all three. Ty. That's all three. That's that's why you are who you are. Did you do any uh, research it's gonna on take, that? It's going to take some time, so we're going to have to go through the break. All right. Can, should we take Jake here or should we break Let's here first? Let's take Jake, of course. All right, listen, don't scold we me. Always All take right, Jake. Jake. Jake, and I know, where are we this year, you and I? I believe you are three and two against me, so I'm two and three against so, you. And, and you were two and oh, right? I was two and oh, so you are now on a three-game winning streak. Correct? All right. And I know, because this has been your mantra, you're going Super Bowl because you're going to do that all the way through this. And Super Bowl. I appreciate you, Dave. Yes, I am going Super Bowl until, I guess, this week. So moving forward after, we will go back to baseball, basketball, entertainment, and all gotcha. that good stuff. So today is the okay. final Super Bowl question, and my question for you is, which player holds the record for the most receptions in a single Super Bowl game? Um, James White. Wow. <laughs> so here's the thing. Me and Ty play every morning, and I ask him the question. He went through several wide receivers, which most people would do when they hear that question. But not you, Dave. You are the man, and that is correct. James, And I believe it's 14. <laughs> you want to say how many yards he went for as well? I don't know that. Okay, I'm gonna, well. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't a ton. I'm going to say 77. So he caught an incredible 14 passes, which is the record for 110 yards and wow. a touchdown. And that broke Demarius Thomas, the late great Demarius Thomas's record, who had 13. Now, when I was growing up, because I remember this, I remember watching it and like making a mental note. It was Dan Ross, the tight end of the Bengals. He he had it for a while, but that that got broken. So that was impressive. And yeah, you want to know what I love about you, Dave? When we ask you for just one answer, like the last question, he asked you for two out of the three. You were rat- you were go- you could have probably named four out of the three, even though there was not even a fourth guy. But it is quite amazing what you do on a weekly basis here. Uh, walking double entendre, back involving himself, saying the answer is wrong. Column is not right. We're right. investigating. So you you get to the bottom of that. If if we do consider that to be wrong, what do you? Um, we're not what do you there have the record yet. at we're, right now. We're five and one. Five and one. That's pretty good. Five and one. All right. Stump Rothenberg continues on this Saturday. You know there are people that are in their cars that just they refuse to get out because they want to hear the end of it. That's an amazing segment. It's All right. sweeping the nation. Where do we go? I'm going to go to one, and then I'm going to go to you. Okay. Let's go to Chris in Jersey. Chris, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, how's it going, Dave? Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Um, so my question was, what Hall of Fame baseball player managed the Newark Bears? There's two that I can see here, but I was just looking for one. The Newark Bears. Um, so that's an old team, right? Internationally. I think they went out of existence a long time ago. 
So Hall of Famer. Now, I know Babe Ruth did not. How about Walter Johnson? Oh, Jesus. You're the man. I don't know who the other one is. Demoralized. Yeah, you can you can hear the pain in their voice. It's like you got all the way here just to lose the Yankees and the ALCS. Um, okay, so we're six and one. Why don't you uh, throw your question, my way? Oh, you're gonna be annoyed. Why? I don't know. You're that kind of guy. All right. But we we mentioned General Hospital, so I've got oh, one question. Not, I don't. I don't know. Just name one character beside, you know, aside from Sonny Corinthos, who I mentioned. One character, it could be past or present, from General Hospital. Just one. Um, Kathy Corinthos. You were close. It's Carly Corinthos. Oh, what? You said Kathy. Carly Corinthos. I thought his wife was Kathy Corinthos. That's, that's beautiful really woman, by the way. Love you, Carly. Was it, wasn't it Kelly Monaco on that show as well? Yes, yeah, she's she's still on the show, but her name's Sam Sam McCall. Oh, I can't believe I was so close. If I paid any semblance of attention, I would have known it was was it Carly, and I thought it was Kathy. Yeah, Carly Corinthos. Well, once I'm on the show, you'll know uh, Sonny Corinthos, Carly. That's a very Sam. that's a very bad question. How is that it? a bad question? <laughs> It's daytime television on ABC under the yeah. same umbrella you know as ESPN. You know who else was on that, who I'm a big fan of, and, and wound up doing, I think, Melrose Place. Stephen They're, A. Smith. No, no, Vanessa Marcel. Oh, yeah, she was uh, Brenda Barrett. <laughs> you really are. I hope uh, Frank Valentini's listening to the show. And you know who else was on that show was also on Melrose Place. Who's that? I believe uh, Jack Wagner, right? Uh, which one is Jack Wagner? Jack Wagner, I think... Had a, an affair with Heather Locklear on Melrose Place. Oh, and oh yes, not, yes, yes, yes. I, I knew. I do know. And who might have actually been with her in real life too. Yes. Yeah, it's had some. It's had some legitimate. Um, so legitimate, you, like like evening television stars on the show. So you're very familiar with the show, man. I wouldn't say very familiar. I. I Maybe you can join on me one day on on set when I get on there. If you get on set, I will be there cheering for you. Thank you. You're, um, you're six and two, by the way. Let's that's a, that's let's finish strong. Person. Let's go to Jordan in Staten Island. Jordan, go ahead. Hey, Dave. So I got an NBA question. So on on Monday, Kevin Love became only the fourth player in NBA history to have over fourteen thousand points, eight thousand rebounds, and fourteen hundred threes. Joining LeBron James and Dirk Nowitzki. Can you name the fourth player on that list? So what are, what are the numbers that they have to meet? 14,000 points, 8,000 8, rebounds, rebounds, and 1,400 threes. That's a lot of threes. Larry Bird. Yeah, so it's, I mean, obviously this is going to be from, you got to figure this is going to be the 1990s on, right? So 1,400 threes. That's a lot. of That, that to me, is, the, is your number that you're looking to try to figure out. Um, and you gave me LeBron? LeBron and Dirk. How about Jason Kidd? And Kevin Lowe. Yes, that's it. That's right? Jason Kidd. All right. Yeah, you knew it had to be someone recent. You don't even think of Jason Kidd as a great three-point shooter, but he, he got much better as his career went on. And as a point guard, to have over 8,000 rebounds, uh, pretty pretty impressive as well. Uh, all right, so what is that? That's 7-2? Seven 7-2, and, two? Seven and two, my friend. Even despite your stupid general hospital Which question. you almost got correct, Nick. I was right there, too. Um, all right, let's go, let's go back. 
to try to accomplish the, the never-done daily double. Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, a lot of pressure on you right now. Nick's nemesis and one-time three-point shootout champion, Vishon Leonard. Wait, but not... Okay, Vishon Leonard, Minnesota. Did he go to Minnesota? I know that's where he went. Yeah, he, he went to Minnesota, 100%. We'll go with that. He did go to Minnesota. You got it. Oh! All right. I thought I, I thought he was saying, like, Richard Lewis at first. I was like, Richard Lewis. Oh, Leonard, Supersonics, Richard Lewis? Exactly. Who, but who did not go to college, and that's why I was like, wait a minute. Uh, okay, so that's eight and two pending your five-pack. Yes, you ready? I'm ready. Big five-pack. All right, you mentioned him earlier in the show, Cedric Maxwell. Cor- do, do you know what his nickname was? Cedric I mean, you're Ma- an NBA guy. Yeah, Cornbread. Look at you. Come on. That's easy, though. Look at you. Uh, he went to uh, NC Charlotte. Oh, wow, what a, what a man. Oh! All right, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Didn't we just have Tyrese Maxey, like, last week? No, maybe you had it during the week, which I, I wouldn't have been aware of then. No, I, I, Kentucky, I think I think it was you. No, I didn't ask you about Tyrese Maxey. All right, because I, oh! I, I confused. You remember that? No, it wasn't right. Tyrese Maxey. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> of course it's fine. You got it correct. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. Utah. How do you know oh! uh, Zach Levine. UCLA. Oh! And of course we have to finish. He is a big fan of the show. I actually okay. saw him on Wednesday night. He came up to me after the game. Uh, and was like, listen, I love Dave Rothenberg. Uh-huh. Big fan of the show. Our guy, Cameron Thomas. Cameron Thomas, who who pained me, I believe is a, a Southeastern Conference product. Um, also, I believe went to Oak Hill Academy and played for the great Steve Smith, who is <laughs> who is going to be retiring. He went to LSU. Uh, that would be correct. So for those listening at home, as we crunch the numbers, it will be twelve wins for the fourth consecutive week, with just two losses. And if That's... we do some quick math, that will be 86 and Ooh. 11. Oh, my gosh. On the season, on the young season. That's not bad, right? Uh, not too bad. Not too shabby. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.